What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Nate Show. Um, joining me today, I got my my homie Kobe. Hello, everyone. Yeah, how you been, Kobe? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a couple of weeks since you know last time I was featured on the pod, of course. But yes, sir. You know, life goes, life rolls, and uh, here I am. Yeah. Um. So. I know that you've been keeping up with the tournament a lot. Yes. Um, first thing I want to ask is, who did you have in your final four? Oh, boy. It was kind of a toss-up. I mixed it up probably like four times before uh, submitting it mm-hmm. for Thursday morning. But uh, I had Auburn, Arizona, Gonzaga, and UCLA. Okay. Yeah, so far, I got three teams still alive for the final four, but... Yeah. Who'd you have in your championship? I had Arizona versus Gonzaga. Bro, that's what I had. Dude, the mentor versus the student. (laughs) Rematch of the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, it's going to be... Dude, it's going to be interesting. Um... They just got a very tough battle with TCU, and that ended very interesting. Yeah, so, so that just barely happened. I know you were watching. Yeah, um, that was – Bro, that game was nuts. That might have been the best game of the tournament so far, I will say. Yeah, first thing I want to talk about about that game was end of regulation. Uh, TCU had a chance to win the game. Ugh. He turns it over, and the guy goes up for a dunk. And and time ran out before he got the dunk off. Yes. And on the replay, you can literally see like if he would have just let the ball go and just had just made a regular layup, they would have just won right there. Yep. But no, he wanted the flashy. He wanted the flashy points, I suppose, and get away with a dunk. But I mean, I I I don't know if it's just like he wasn't paying attention to shot clock because. I mean, like, yeah, it's, you're going up for the dunk, and, like, you can't really, you know. Yeah, it's really tough um, when you're in the game to really know. Yeah, you you probably, you you know that more than me because, you know, you're actually playing on a team, and looking at a shot clock while playing is kind of, you know, um, it's more of, like, yeah. a remembrance thing. So Especially in that situation where he gets to steal at half court. He knows there's got to be only a few seconds left, but he doesn't really know, like, yeah. How many exactly? And he doesn't know if there's people behind him or what. Yeah, he can't he can't just calculate it or anything like that. So he's just gotta he's just trying to go as fast as he can, blitz down and you know yeah. easiest things to dunk, of course, at his, you know, height and length you know, but if yeah. you would have just looked right before and it showed like a second left, I think if you just did a floater or just a layup, he would have had it. But Dude, just um, if you would have done a little finger uh, roll. Yeah, I think he could have gotten it uh, off. That would have been TCU's night, but you know things went differently, and and things went to overtime between those two. And oh man, that was it was very very chippy down low um, all night, yep. all night. Um, yeah, overtime was very interesting though. Um, I don't know if you want to get into the specifics of that game yet, but um, I think we should start. Yeah, with we each- can. We can go ahead and dive in. So, we can go okay. ahead and dive into that game. So, uh, first half, thing I noticed was TCU just couldn't stop. 
uh, Coloco. They're oh. having a lot of troubles with a big man down low. Yeah, he was he was going loco down in the paint, that's for sure. But then, second half, Arizona couldn't guard Lampkin. <laughs> no, nope. he was big down low. No, yeah, a couple of times he would throw down the too small uh, gesture, and you know he kind of had the right to do that because man, he he had a couple of and one plays against Coloco, and yeah, oh bro was going crazy. Yeah, and you know he might have been, you know, him in the guard. Who was putting up big shots for TCU? Yeah, was definitely like the the and yep. Offensive rebounds were killing Arizona. Oh boy, yeah, that which is weird because they're like the biggest team in the tournament. Like I think their average height is bigger than anybody that's still left. So yeah, I'm I'm not surprised. They are very long. They got guards that are long. They shoot the ball really well they you know they have good iq they know how to get down into the lane down the bigs are very you know iq very high iq as well and they're able to do a lot so i mean yep it's a man they're a double or triple headed monster and you know tcu coming into this game just came off a good one against seton hall one by 27 yeah 27 against seton hall which you know they're not not the greatest, so um, yeah. But yeah t- props to TCU. They they, they brought it. Good, I thought they brought it tonight. So oh, yeah. you know, props to them because I mean, this is the last game of the season. Why not throw out everything on you know to the floor tonight? Everything you got. So yeah, yeah, I didn't really feel like Arizona was necessarily like playing bad. Like TCU is getting in them on defense and yep. blowing up ball screens. Like they were doing. They're playing hard, so they're doing all the little things that would, you know, to cause an upset. And, you know, they had it. They had it. They uh, they just allowed Ben Matherin to. Yeah. With like Ben Matherin, Ben Matherin definitely proved why people are calling him like the best, one of the best players in the tournament. Oh yeah, for sure. Pac-12 Player of the Year, showing why he's he is that the, guy. The top yep. Pac-12 Player of the Year, so that is for sure. Um, other than that game, um, what other games would you like to talk about that? In for the round of thirty-two or today? Um. Yeah, we can talk about yesterday. Okay. Uh, we can talk about Gonzaga real quick. I'm actually surprised you don't have you don't have a Gonzaga winning at all. You're a Gonzaga fan. I do. I do have Gonzaga. I have Gonzaga beating uh, um, Arizona in the championship game. But- oh, okay. I okay. I misheard you. I thought you said UCLA Arizona. Oh no, dude! I just want the rematch of the Final Four from last year. I, oh, I think, okay. dude, I think it could happen again, and I think that would be crazy. But I, be, yeah, you never know, though, dude. This tournament is just a game of runs, and anything's possible. Oh, so yeah, for sure, you never know. But yeah, so Gonzaga and Memphis played yesterday. Um, yeah, I mean, Jalen Dern definitely the name to be looking out for for Memphis. Um, yeah, pro- probably a lottery pick at, at least for the NBA draft for this upcoming summer, I would say. Yeah. Um uh if I remember though, he got in foul trouble, right? Yeah. He I mean Gonzaga, you know, of course being the number one overall seed in the tournament, they uh they struggled. They they had a tough time with Memphis's guards and offensive rebounding. It, like Memphis was all over the boards in that first half. Yeah. Um, 
They did get Jalen Duran into some foul trouble early on. He had two fouls with like 12 minutes in the first half, which is definitely not good because you definitely want your star player to be able to, you know, play as much as they can against such a, you know, offensive dynamic team, you know, it's yeah. just, you want to be able to have them play, you know, but crazy it is, is Memphis was actually up by 10 at halftime. Again, one, um, you know, a little scary for me because I'm a Gonzaga fan, of course. Yeah, um, no, for sure. First yeah. half, second half, they look like a different team, man. Dude, yeah, it, Drew Timmy exploded. I mean, yeah, they just play out. They played out of Timmy. They started playing fast too. You got Nemhard hitting threes, yeah. and man, it was they're a fun nuts. team to watch when they get yeah. going. Yes, it. You know, props to Memphis though. They brought their best. I mean, their guards played phenomenal. They uh, definitely matched us. I just, I think Timmy just was able to bring that different factor into this game. You couldn't, yeah, you no, you couldn't do anything about Timmy that no, game. No, no way. He was on he, one. He was just hitting, I mean, he'd throw it up and it was just going in, so I mean, yeah. what can Memphis do? Just gotta pray it misses. <laughs> um, Imani yeah, Bates came back though, right? Yeah, he hit a three. He hit a big one, you know. Um, was, that, was that his first time playing since all that? No, actually, he came into the Boise State game in their first round. Um, oh, he did? And then he he made rattle off one three in front of the guy's face and went straight to the bench. <laughs> Pretty much just did the same thing with this game too. He hit one, you know. He's yeah. like, "Let's go!" And then he got sent right to the bench. Yeah. Um, but he did get a little more playing time this game because they were in very bad foul trouble. Memphis was had three players with four fouls with like twelve minutes in the second half, which which was like Jalen Duran and then the two backup bigs who actually, you know, stay behind him. And they they just they just were just fouling. They just couldn't do anything against yeah. Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy and Nemhard. Man, so Gonzaga, yeah. yeah, Gonzaga advances into that one. Um, I thought that game was really just a good display of, like, Gonzaga's signature fast pace. Oh, yeah. They, they would score, like Memphis would score, and they'd get it up the court. In like half a second, they're already getting it to Timmy. Like Down it's low, really crazy yeah. to watch. I don't watch a ton of Gonzaga, so when I was watching, I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, dude, they're explosive. They play they, fast, man. They're like a blink of an eye. They're already up, like at the three point line, with within like two seconds of the ball being inbounded. It's like, yeah, they almost never, happen. they almost never take shots with like a low shot clock. Like it's always above twenty when they take their shots. Yeah, because they just. They want to make sure they can run out and make sure you're you're stumbling on defense and they can just get a quick, easy two or three. Yeah. I mean, they've been playing that way for like the last couple of years because they've they've been able to have the guards that are able to push that that tempo, um, that pace so fast. Yeah. And, and I think I think Memphis was really trying to um, steal that pace from them because they were pushing the ball up pretty fast too each time they would score. I mean, it was. It was kind yeah. of high scoring. Um, Gonzaga did have percentages going on though. They they shot they did yeah shot like fifty percent from free throw. They were like ten of like twenty something like that. I was like, man, if they would have just hit their free throws, it's game. But yeah, you know, it wouldn't have been that close. Yeah, so that that game was a lot closer um, than it should have been, but still a very good game yeah. to cap off the night. 
Yeah, um, Nemhard hit his free throws though at the end there. Yep, he iced it. He iced the game when they needed him. So, yeah, best point guard in the country. Oh, that's all I'll just say. <laughs> okay, I don't know about that. <laughs> hey, we'll de- we'll debate that. He played time. good, but I don't know. <laughs> all um, right. I want to talk about that North Carolina game. I was on that one too. That was, man, Baylor was down like, what, 25 or something at one point? Yeah, 25. Came back, sent it to OT. North Carolina still toughs it out, even even with all their uh, foul trouble. Yeah, you know, even crazier is UNC had 21 turnovers in that game. If I mean, I guess that's what leads to that overtime game, but they ended up still winning by seven. That's scary, man. 21 turnovers. That's... 21 turnovers and they still beat a one seed. That is scary. That's scary. I mean, a I, I, I thing I heard is each game is always decided by rebounds and um, field goal percentage, of course. So UNC did nine rebounds, 47 to 38. Um, and then their field goal was actually 15% higher than Baylor's, which was 49% of for UNC. And then Baylor was shooting at 34.6%. So that's you know, games. who's out rebounding and who is shooting better. Um, you know, yeah. so that's crazy though. UNC comes in as an eight seed and everyone was kind of like writing them off as a, as losing to, you know, Marquette in the first round. Man, they're really they're yeah, really no, gelling they're, at the right time. They're talented. Yeah, I mean, RJ Davis got off. He was hitting everything from three. Yep, he had thirty. I mean, what else? Could, I mean, Armando Baycott, their big guy, had sixteen rebounds. Oh, he was big in OT for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. They're you know, UNC. They're they're kind of scary. They are. That's gonna be a tough game for UCLA. Very scary. And uh, UCLA's guy Jaime Hawkins didn't he didn't he roll his ankle or something? Yeah, he he did leave injured. I don't know how bad the injury was. Um, I just heard that he had to be he had to leave the game because he rolled his ankle. But I don't know if it was mild injury. Um, Hopefully he does come back. Yeah. UCLA is definitely not what they are without Jaime. Um, that's for, that's definitely for, for sure. sure. That he had like their sure. first like fifteen points, I think. Yep, he against he, against uh whoever they played. Yeah, he. I think I saw a thing where the last four games he's been averaging twenty five points. So I mean that that's that's a lot of points to to lose when you know when Hame goes down. So yeah, you know. and uh, Juzang hasn't been shooting the greatest, so they're gonna need him. I know. I thought I thought March would bring him back, but you know, hopefully he. He shows out for the the Sweet 16 game against North Carolina. Yeah, they'll need him bad because North Carolina's on a roll. Yep, they definitely are. They are hot at the right time. Yep. Um, another game I want to talk about real quick is Michigan, Tennessee. Oh yes. That was that was kind of a little Cinderella story with Michigan, 11 seed. Oh yeah, people people definitely thought they should not have gotten into the tournament. Yeah. I mean, they do play in the toughest. I mean, one of the toughest. Um, yeah, you gotta very take tough. strength of schedule into yep. account. Yeah, that is for sure. A lot of, I mean, the last four in was 
was pretty, you know, weird. Michigan wasn't even in the last four in. They they had some cushioning to get into the tournament, but a lot of people thought they should have been out. And yeah. here they are, you know, just like a North Carolina story. Right. Here is they're they're balling at the right time. Um, yep. I mean, once again, their field goal percentage was fifty percent. Tennessee's was forty one. Rebounds, Michigan is thirty six. Tennessee's thirty three. Yeah, I just think Dickinson is such a load down there. Like, oh man, he. There's not much you can do about that, dude. <laughs> not a lot of talk. Not a lot of talk about him this season. But his sophomore season has been incredible. I think he's a pro man. I think he's good enough. Oh, I think so. He as looks well. like a pro out there. He he looks like a pro. And to come back and look at him still balling and yeah, doing what balling he, out in March. Mm-hmm, that's what you got to do. I mean, another thing I'm looking at is their three point percentage was 37 percent. Tennessee's was 11 percent, and that is oh wow, yeah, that's crazy. Well, that'll do it. You can't yeah. win in March without hitting your free throws. So yeah, sure. That is especially sure. when it gets into these close games. Like all these games are really tight margin so everyone's bringing their best into into march so you can't you can't be missing free throws and you can't be missing threes yeah you can't turn the ball over either oh yeah for sure that's big um and then i want to talk about uh i want to talk real quick also about the biggest cinderella saint peter's baby oh yeah that is yes sir so (laughs) man every year march delivers with these cinderella cinderella stories um, yep. You know, let's go to the first round for St. Peter's because this is where it truly all started. Yeah, let's start with the Kentucky game. You know, of course, everyone's going to write off the 15 seed. Who really expects a 15 yep. seed to make it to the second the second round? Like, it's weird. Um, St. Peter's comes into this into this contest. 14 and 6 in their conference. So they're not even first in their conference. They're second. Yeah. That bro. It's like mm-hmm. usually these Cinderella teams are like super hot going into the going into the tournament and like they haven't lost in forever and the people's yeah. argument against them is strength of schedule, but St. Peter's wasn't even like first in their conference like you said. So Yeah, you know, Iona was projected to win that conference with Ripetino captaining that that team but yeah. they they fell early in that tournament in the mac tournament st peter's comes out of the mac winning the championship um yeah and it's very interesting going into the kentucky game kentucky a lot of people like kentucky going to the final four um playing gonzaga or you know whoever they picked out in the west region um yeah so let's let's get into the specifics of the kentucky st peter's game mm-hmm. so you know, shenanigans, dropping yeah. a 30 bomb with, I mean, probably at least 20 rebounds. He's, he, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, not much you can do about him. Just try to limit the other players. Yeah. Um, I really, I've been all knotted up at 37s. Um, that's when I was starting to get like, I was like, hmm, like, what is going to happen at the end of this game? Because Kentucky goes late into this game with St. Peter's still on their tail. This could get interesting because no team wants to be 
having to have their starters out playing against a 15 seed, having to worry about losing. And, you know, they just – Kentucky just – Yeah, you, know, you can't let these these teams stick around. You got you to gotta put them away. You have to. You definitely have to. And it, it burned Kentucky. It really did. Yep. Um, they ended up going into – Team scored 34 points in the second half for them to reach um, 71 in total. And St. Peter's was able to pull out the dub, um, scoring 14 in overtime winning by six against Kentucky. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think know. in overtime, they just punched him in the mouth. Oh, really? They, they were both thrown haymakers all night, and, you know, St. Peter's finally threw the, the knockout blow. Um, Doug Eddard. Or Eddard, yeah, whatever Eater, his name is. Eddard, man. Respect the stash. He's going crazy. Dude, yeah, he, he hit some absolute monster threes to keep – to propel them back, you know, to tying with Kentucky because Kentucky, you know, was always ahead, but um, St. Peter's was able to, you know, hit some key threes yeah. to keep them in. Um, you know what's crazy about this one is their field percentage was over 50% against Kentucky. And they run good stuff, man. Like their mm-hmm. plays that they, they have run, good they sets. work. They got players that can knock them down like Banks and Edder, great shooters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They got bigs down low that can rebound. They get a few big offensive rebounds down the stretch of each game. Yeah, it's – I mean – I don't know, man. They look like – like they could take it as far as they, they want to, honestly. As if, yep, they could be the next loyal Chicago, I definitely think, um, yeah. for this season. You know, as crazy as that, Kentucky actually out-rebounded them by one, 36-35, but – and. St. Peter's still had 15 turnovers, but I mean, when you know Kentucky's players aren't hitting any shots, their three, their three point percentage was pretty bad 26 percent um, yeah. for Kentucky. I mean, they're just not hitting shots, of course. Um, not a dream, that's a dream game for St. Peter's, and you know, coming out of the MAC, not projected to win it at all. Um, and also being the lowest funded program and facility in the conference and pulling off. Yeah, like, that's crazy, bro. The biggest upset. I mean, this could, I don't want to say it's bigger than UMBC beating Virginia, a one versus 16 seed. But no, my God, yeah, I saw that thing where it was like the margin between how the funding of each program is bigger between Kentucky and St. Peter's than it was between. Virginia oh, it, and U- UMBC. It is actually crazy. I mean, I I saw that thing too, and I was just like, how is this even possible? Like, you have Kentucky. I mean, they're paying um, John Calipari $8 million a year to be coaching yeah. for Kentucky, and they're losing to a low-funded program with Shaheen Holloway, um, Holiday or Holloway. I'm not sure, but he's the coach of the St. Peter Peacocks, and he is – phenomenally might be able to get such a, a big time job in the future. Look, this probably this upcoming summer, um, just because of this upset win. I mean, oh, yeah. who knows? Did honestly, you see, uh, did you see St. Peter's gym? Yeah. It, it looks like a high school gym. Bro, It literally looks like a high school gym. It is crazy. It, I mean, and not even like a nice one at that. Like mm-hmm. there are some high no. school gyms that look nicer, bro. No. Yeah. I mean, crazy. that, that arena is, super high school like it's crazy 
Um, I think my high school's gym was better than that one, and that's for sure. Um, yeah. Kentucky's arena, you know, is funded millions of dollars, of course, because they're able to bring in so much money with their past records and everything like that. So it just shows that anything's possible in March. And, um, I mean, yeah, never let, story. don't I get mean, comfortable. Uh, they got a tough game, though, with Purdue. Oh, my goodness. I mean, they're alone, man. Nate, oh, man. Um, Eddie and you got Ivy was going crazy today. Oh, he, he iced that game with the three. That was yep. crazy. I, I was he very sad. a couple threes down the stretch. Yeah, he, you know, Ivy, Ivy played like the potential first round pick that he's projected to be. So, for sure. Um, there's that. And I think Trevion Williams takes his team to a whole other level with yeah. his, his inside presence. And I mean, he is the Drew, the Drew Timmy of that team. He's, yeah literally hitting these hook shots from 10 foot out of the paint. And it's just like, what the heck? So they're definitely, it's going to be Purdue versus UCLA in the um, elite eight. And I'm calling it right now. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. And I think that will be a super good game. Um, yeah. I think it'll be tough for St. Peter's against Purdue, but I don't know. North Carolina versus UCLA. I'm really like. That's interesting. That might be the toughest game that UCLA has. No, I, I, I totally agree. I think I probably shouldn't make assumptions yet because they haven't even, North Carolina and UCLA haven't even played yet. But yeah. my goodness, man, like, oh, I mean, yeah, they're the, hot. The East is so blown up. That region is so blown up right now. Yeah, you don't, you, you never know what could happen. Yep. So I think, I think this is the year where Purdue has to make that big run to the yeah. final four. And I think this is the year they make it. I really do think so. Um, yeah. Other than that, their is path there... is clear now with uh, the I one mean, seed out, the two, two seeds seed gone. Mm-hmm. So they could definitely do it. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's possible. All right. But well. You, yeah, but you never know about St. Peter's though. Watch out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they keep playing defense and knocking out shots. Anything can happen. Yeah, that is for sure. You're totally right. Kentucky's not a worse team than Purdue, so no, not at all. Just, yep, one bad shooting game, and you never know what's gonna happen. Yeah. All right. That's well, sure. I think I'm gonna wrap it up there. Um, if you wanna go ahead and uh, plug your Insta or whatever, Kobe. Oh boy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'll just drop my handle. I suppose my Insta handle is kxby underscore hxndrix that is my handle and uh um we sleep in may there you go all right um thanks for coming on yes for sure pleasure my boy you know um hopefully you know this tournament keeps panning out yeah we'll be in contact i'll talk to you about it (laughs) me too don't (laughs) worry and i'll see you soon too but uh, oh good Yes, sir. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of The Nate Show. Um, If you want to listen to any uh, past podcasts, they're all on the page on Anchor. Um, But hope you guys all have a good night. And uh, see you later. Yep. Thank you.